Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show. We are talking about the advent of Jesus Christ. Advent just means coming, and of course, there are two comings. The first coming that he had 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he put on flesh and He lived a perfect life of obedience, and then he died as a curse on the cross for our sins. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. He ascended in heaven, and now we're waiting for the second advent or the second coming of Christ. But we're in this season where we get to meditate on um, the coming of Christ into the world. Um, Before we get started, do you guys have any Christmas traditions that you guys do around your house? This is really weird because I was going to ask the same same question question. because of this text. So whether we have Christmas traditions now or when I was a kid, we didn't do a lot with Christmas as as kids, but we always read Luke 2 right before we opened presents. Mm -hmm. So that's the only, and I mean only, Christmas tradition where we did every year. Other than opening presents. Yeah, and um, as pathetic as, I mean, I... In so many ways, had a pathetic childhood. Um, <laughs> my mom had had passed away his, when his I was, adulthood's not going. So. <laughs> yeah, my adulthood isn't really that much better. Really, now now that we can start this counseling session, yeah, this might be helpful. Yeah, but a savior has come. Yes, my mom had passed away when I was quite young, and mm-hmm. my dad is not a nurturing type of person, so. As pathetic as this sounds, he would actually give us money. We would go out and buy our own gifts and wrap them and then put the gifts that we had purchased, we had wrapped and then put under the tree. So, um, yeah, really kind of not... How you make Christmas memories, but but he but he read the scripture, which yes, is he did. Uh, this yes, is he a, did. this, you know that as far as a Christmas tradition, and it's something that's passed on. You know, I picked it up from my family, and we pass it on in our own. Um, one of the things is we make sure that everybody starts at the breakfast table, and then we move uh, to the Christmas tr- in front of the Christmas tree, and we would open up the scripture and we would read the 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 same account that we're preparing to read here about the birth of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's one of those things after you've done this for so many years, there's a, there's a rhythm to it that you can't forget. And so once you start, you, you can see little mouths moving because they've heard it year after year after year. And Mm -hmm. it, it's something that's embedded in a memory. Yeah. Amen. We always read this after they, I am not an artist, but what I do is I I draw pictures of different locations in the house, and so they have to figure out Dad's drawing to get to the next clue, which the next clue to the next clue, which eventually will lead them to the pile of presents that they they have. And Mm -hmm. so they're 
stored in different parts of the house every year. And then they have to follow my pictures to, to eventually get there. Um, and so if we keep moving, we have to, I have to keep drawing pictures of new locations in the home. And then right before we open the presents, we would read from Luke too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'll just share one thing and it's not even in our family. I just love our Christmas Eve service mm-hmm. that we do with our church. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And it's only an hour long. We have a short, a short message and a lot of Christmas singing and a candle lit, you know, and it's just so precious every year. It's just, <sighs> yeah, and it's then, after will, that, that we'd come back home and yep. do our Christmas. This yep. will be something that we'll, we'll miss this year because we don't have a place to meet. Uh, You're more than welcome of, to come and hang of, out with us, brother. <laughs> because of COVID, um, but we would do we do lessons and carols, which yeah. is a um, we we will take passages of scripture and then intersperse that with uh, um, uh, hymns or yeah. Christmas carols, and we we go through what's called lessons and carols. The the lesson is the reading, and then the the carol, and uh, it just moves us into that. Um, it's it's the way we usually close out Christmas Eve. You know, it's the evening when every when everything should be done, yeah. and you you've gathered as a, a church to reflect on the birth of Christ, and then in the morning you're going to do that with your family. Yep, yep. Well, do you want to read this? I'm going to stumble over the names. No, I'd rather have you read it. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear you say Quirinius. <laughs> I I'm, I refuse. <laughs> I've got a lisp, so I can't actually handle some of these words. In those days, Luke 2, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Very quickly, this is just an aside that has very little value whatsoever but um, so far a lot of what we've said has yeah, no <laughs> so we've been reading through um david mathis's um advent devotional um the christmas we didn't expect this year mm-hmm. and last night um my daughter was was reading and it was focused in on the the town of nazareth well i my family knows that i really struggle with that word um, i have a little bit of a lisp so that word is not a kind word for those of us in my condition. And so my daughter starts to read, and, and the word Nazareth is like every other word in the devotional. And she reads like two sentences and then stops and then says kind of cheekily, maybe Dad should read tonight. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, so that, and, that's and, the and, level and, of respect okay, I get let's, in my let's, home. Let's, let's just say something about Nazareth then. <laughs> Uh, Nazareth wasn't a popular place. It yeah. would be like, um, I mean, you can think of you can think of places around Idaho that are just really just wide spots in the road. It would be and, like being born in Weezer. Sorry yeah. to everybody that was born in. Weezer. <laughs> no, we just lost you know, like, like half of our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> can we can we focus outside of the Treasure Valley? <laughs> 
Um, but it, it would be a town that is not talked about in the rest of, of Scripture. Yeah. Right. Nobody, I mean, it's just... Can uh, anything good come from Nazareth yeah, was, was, yeah, was, was, was one of the things that was, was said after Christ was yeah. uh, fulfilling his ministry. Yeah. And, and the answer is, yes, something good came from Nazareth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is, this is a, about... And Nazareth was a town in Judea. Judea was, um, uh, as, uh, you know, many of those... People um, were descendants of David, and they would go back to Bethlehem to be registered. It was an interesting thing that Quirinius had uh, instituted was that there would be a registration of the people, um, which is, you know, we're going to, yeah, a census, a census so they could be, wasn't, you know, censuses by governments is not always a great thing. What it means is uh, we're going to have take some control over your life. Mm-hmm. And so this is what is taking place um, when they go to Bethlehem. And of course, this is going to fulfill um, prophecy because right. otherwise Jesus wouldn't have been born in Bethlehem. Yeah. And, and this was expressly... Micah. Yeah, Micah <coughs> is expressly prophesied that that's, that would be the case. And so I mean, th- this just shows um, the wonderful um, authenticity and... Um, glory of the Old Testament scriptures that all of these scriptures that that give specific detail about the birth of Jesus are all being fulfilled. And there's so many things that have to happen that rely on a Roman emperor in order for that this prophecy in particular to be fulfilled. And God does it absolutely perfectly. Well, there's a, there's a poem. It's, Warp and woof are heavens making all the pattern good and wise. Here's a pattern that's taking place. God is controlling. He's the secret, hidden, unseen hand in all of this. Uh, the prophet Micah in Micah 5.2 says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. And, and he, you know, here's a prophecy about the Messiah. Uh, this one that's going to be born there is from, I mean, it's before time. Yeah. He's from before time. Yeah. Uh, he's, the, he's the eternal one. And so now you get to Bethlehem, and it wouldn't have happened except that Quirinius had made this decree. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that Luke 2 starts, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. And so you think that it's because of the, the decree of Caesar that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. But the reality is it's because of the decree of God yes. mm-hmm. that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And, and that just shows you the wonder of God's providential dealings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we see the, the secondary means, but behind it all is this eternal, wise, all-powerful, all-knowing um, God of the universe that governs over all things. And so he can use a decree of a human servant to accomplish his mm-hmm. prophetic word. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just is a good reminder during this Christmas season that no word of God will fall to the ground. Yes. That everything he promised, he will accomplish. Mm-hmm. And it might amaze us by what means he chooses to do it, mm-hmm. but he will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just another beautiful example of it. Yeah, absolutely. 
I'm reminded you know, when you're talking about during this Christmas season that that God's word will always God God is vindicating His word at every moment in history. The question is not whether we believe it or not, because it's going to happen whether we believe mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah. If you want to have assurance and hope in this Christmas season, um, you, you don't need to be convinced that God is going to do these things. You just need to be convinced that what the Word of God says. Um, um, is trans? Sorry, my my mind is losing my thoughts here. Losing my mind. Phil's not in the room. Yes. Um, Let's just blame it on Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. So what I'm trying to say is that the Word of God is true. What we need to see is the Word of God in order to be convinced that it's going to take place the way that it is. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. thing that I love about this this passage is. It shows the the beautiful condescension of of Jesus Christ, that he's not just born as a human. Um, he doesn't just simply take on human flesh, which which is um, Philippians two, um, saying a lot anyway. But he comes and is born in the midst of poverty. He's he's born in the midst of a family that has been disgraced a family that is from a, a no-name town, and he's not even born <laughs> inside. He's born in a stable, wherever, however you want to talk about that, and he, he, there's no place for him, and he's, he has a manger as his bed. I mean, this just shows the, the, the depths that Jesus Christ descends in order to redeem his people. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we say, what, what is one thing that God can't do? God can't lie. And uh, this is what is brought out even in, in this passage. You know, we have the testimony of Scripture. In fact, you know, the fact that they're born in the lineage of David, it says in, in Psalm 89, uh, God is saying this, Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure his throne as long as the sun before me. Like the moon, it shall be established forever, a faithful witness in the sky. Amen. I don't mean to cut you off, brother. We are out of time, though, so we will continue Luke chapter 2 next time on the program. 